Hello and welcome back to the International Pro Haunting Circuit. As always, I am Brett Weatherman. With me in the booth tonight is Lindsay Alice. Well, uh, Brett, I uh, gotta tell you, it's a great day for a haunting. Oh, the weather couldn't be better. It's a brisk autumn evening. The sun is just setting and you can already feel the rise of terror deep within you. Boy, you sure can, Brett. I tell you what, I look out at this crowd and I see some people that should have worn diapers. <laughs> oh, you're not kidding. You're not kidding. I saw a guy come in earlier today and I just thought you, you can look, you can see it. And you've been in the business as long as you and I have. You can tell that's a guy who is going to defecate himself tonight. Oh, boy. <laughs> you sure can. Oh, uh, it's all good fun. It's all good fun. It sure is. Hey, uh, let's take it on down to the action on the field right now. All right. Right off the bat, we've got a dark, vaporous, free-floating apparition, local historical tell us that he is a dead Civil War soldier. I got to talk to some of these guys earlier today, and they are a treasure trove of knowledge. Now, what we're told we're to expect is he's going to slink into the playing field, really move up close to his intended victim, and then thrash him bodily from side to side, all the while playing the sound of children's laughter. It should be a hell of a freak. I like this game plan, Brett. And I'll tell you what, after he's done with that victim, he's going to be left black and blue and gray. <laughs> You're too right, Lynn. Too right. <laughs> All right, there seems to be a brief delay of game on the field. And I'm... Okay, I'm getting... Oh, my good day in the morning. We are starting out with quite a barn burner. It looks like there was an illegal exorcism on the field. Uh oh Oh, looks like somebody got off to the wrong start today already. <laughs> you know, you, you hate to see that. You hate to see that at this level of play, but again, they're trying to psych each other out. It's part of the game. If you can't handle the heat, you got to go back to the underworld. That's right. Looks like the power of Christ compelled him right back to the bench. Oh, tough break. Tough break for the apparition. Well, he's got time for next season. Lynn, who do we have up next? Well, up next, uh, Brad, it looks like we've got a little girl out on the field, and uh, she's got a little balloon with her. I already don't like it. I don't like the ones that start out all innocent and sweet. I can almost hear her innocent cries from here. Oh, boy, here it comes. You know, you, you see a lot of these young uh, specters come in, the, the undead, the recently deceased. They're going to come in, they're going to play the hard scare game. A lot of loud noises, the banging chains. But i got to tell you, it's the people who know how to finesse. It's the undead who really take their time with the haunting that really put the points on the board. Boy, you sure are right there, man. <laughs> now, now, I'm getting word, I'm getting word in the field that, that the, the specter has taken the field. At this point, incorporeal, invisible. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm waiting, I'm waiting to see... The game plan play out. I'm waiting to see the terrifying little girl. Lin, Lenny, are, are you seeing anything yourself? Uh, I can't see anything from here, Brett. Uh, two feet away from you, still can't see anything. All right, all right. Lynn, how about now? Uh, nope, still nothing. Uh, looks like uh, maybe this one went to the light a little bit too early. Oh, wow. Tough break. Tough break. Cry. Tough break with Tough the crowd. Break. It's hard to get them all worked up like that. Tough break. Well, we're going to go to a commercial break right now. When we come back, we have got the king daddy of them all. Uh -oh. hey, that's right. A murder victim, possibly a suicide as well. Ooh. Stay tuned. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I'm David Flora. And I'm Dave Stecco. And this is Blurry Photo. Now, you're really going to want to stay tuned for this one. we got a great show tonight. <laughs> Boy, we should do. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, uh, if, if given the opportunity, would do that voice for days. <laughs> I actually, if given the opportunity, would never do the voice again. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Yeah. We got a, got a fun show for you. 
lot more fun than, uh, uh, or well, maybe almost as fun as the International Pro Haunting Circuit. Oh man, close. Could close. you imagine? Yeah, we have a great show for you, Flora. Hmm. Tell them what they've won. Well, Dave, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Blurry Photober oh. is continuing. Wait, don't you mean Blurry Photober? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But. Uh, so, so we're continuing this this magically delicious month, the best month of the year, hands down, no question, with uh, a particularly spooky uh, and fun-filled show. Not a lot of facts, but a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, Flora, <laughs> what are we calling this show? Because I'm so proud of it that uh, you came up with it. This week, we are taking you on a journey to international haunts and pancakes. <laughs> international haunts and pancakes. <laughs> uh, we're going we're gonna to go around the world. Yeah, we and, found some really great hauntings. Yeah, we're going to check out some places that maybe you know uh, or have heard about. A mm-hmm. couple of them, uh, but hopefully we've hit some that uh, you you'll have never heard about and, and are interesting to you. Oh yeah, I mean some of these are great. Like you you think you you know where we're coming at you from, and that's when the hook punch just takes you out. Oh man, that acoustic hook punch. Hook punch. <laughs> Which is also the name of our jam band. Yeah, it's just me and Dave. He, <laughs> he he's the lead singer, and I play bongos. Yeah, it's pretty great. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff. I'd like to thank everybody for coming out the coffee sh- the coffee nook. Next week we're opening for the Swedish hair hair metal band Ice Quake. Ice Quake, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, thank you guys for sticking around. Namaste. <laughs> uh, yeah, got uh, got some fun ones. And uh, without further ado, I think we should. Uh, oh, f- the ado. Get, get in. You get the hell out of here, ado. Let's let's step in the plane and and take off here. Toot toot. Um, All my planes are steam powered. Now we do have to say that we did pick quite a few from the old states. They're good ones, though. We we hope. Oh but man, USA, USA. But we do USA. have some great ones. USA from around the world. USA from other places. America. Uh, Eagle sound. There. Now we've established it. God. Because the rest of the world doesn't eat us enough. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> That's uh, clearly, given the, the, the low number of invasions, no one hates us enough. So let's step on the plane here and uh, let's oh, take, a, take a trip over to your home state. Mr. Yeah, yeah, Colorado chanting words makes everything better and the faster you go. Colorado, we are going to start with the, uh, this, the quite the famous oh. Stanley Hotel. Oh, now um, oh. made very famous by the the book The Shining by Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the it was the uh, the nominal location for the movie by Stanley Kubrick. They actually filmed the made for TV version mm. from the nineties there at the Stanley. Um, and but here's, the but the the Kubrick film not actually filmed not there. actually filmed there. They you know, use the external shots and stuff. Uh, but here's the fun thing: the thing that I the reason I'm putting that on the list, not because it was in a movie or anything like that is that the Stanley itself is genuinely haunted. Mm. And uh, Stephen King got the idea for his whole book because he stayed there and he got creeped out. He heard children playing outside his room. You almost feel like he really didn't have to reach very far to write his book because (laughs) Stephen King stayed there in room 217. He heard the children playing in the hallway, but he was also there right before it closed for an extended period. So the hotel was functionally empty. Yeah. 
I mean, like he just saw that and was like, wow, this is spooky. I'm going to write this. Yeah, large places where people usually are mm-hmm. and then they aren't are are usually creepy. Oh, super creepy. <laughs> and if you follow anything that I just said, I think you, you I think that makes sense to you. Yeah. But um I, I help out at, at a residence right now that is quite a quite a big place. It has like four floors and yeah, old, uh, very old, pretty old. Yeah, and there's a lot of space here, a lot of corners, a lot of doors, a lot of stairs, and usually I'm the only one in there. And also, usually I'm doing research by listening to podcasts <laughs> yeah. of paranormal Freaking stuff. Freaking yourself out. This week in particular was not that fun. <laughs> oh, I love that. That is awesome. There's nothing better than getting, getting freaked out in broad daylight. <laughs> yeah, I'm there like at noon or two o'clock in the afternoon, and, and I'm listening to these ghost stories and, and crap, and, <laughs> and I'm the only one there, I think. Yeah. But it's an old building. You it's, never know. Yeah, yeah. Stuff, uh, places where, where people aren't is, is creepy in, enough in its own. It is. You think it'd be comforting because people aren't there, but... And, and you know, the fun fact is these ghosts give no f***s about how many zero. people are in. Zero. The amount of f***s given is zero. It is, it is exactly zero. Goose egg. Uh, because the haunting at the Stanley goes back a lot further, and it's believed to be... Um, most people believe it. It's the ghost of Flora Stanley. The wife of... Uh, the dude who built it. Yeah. And who, whose name was Freeland Stanley of the Stanley steam-powered engine fame. Yeah. I like the name Freeland. Freeland. Yeah. Yeah. Like Freewheeling. Uh, but he, uh, it was built in 1909. and In uh, Estes Park, Colorado. Yeah, beautiful Estes Park, Colorado. I mean, I will, I always tell people to go look at the Stanley Hotel. Now, here's why I'm kind of tricking them. Just to drive up and look at the Stanley Hotel, you're not going to get a hell of a lot out of it unless you're a gigantic Stephen King fan. Ah. It is the trip to the Stanley Hotel that will rewrite your brain with majestic beauty. It is one of the most scenic, beautiful car trips you can take in Colorado. Would you advise doing it in the summer or the winter? Oh, just the summer. (laughs) On account of the you're not allowed to do it in the winter. Ah, yeah. Yeah, They do close those roads, and uh, unfortunately... Uh, owing to the tragic amount of flooding, Estes Park oh. is in a he- very large amount of trouble. Uh, there were only three roads into the town. Two of them completely washed away. And Ugh. I mean, not just like one bad section. I mean, like for a long time, like for over a mile. Um, and one of those was the main road. So they actually, uh, it's going to be very hard to get to Estes Park for a while. Wow, that's too bad. But the, the hotel actually survived the flood pretty mm-hmm. well, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, the... It's it's pretty high up there. Yeah. It you can see even from the pictures, it kind of stands on a little promontory. Yeah. But um, aside from the haunting of torrential rain, <laughs> uh, let's get back to some ghost talk here. Let's do it. Um, the haunting at the uh, the Stanley is a fairly discreet affair. Mm-hmm. The ghosts seem to be going on about their business. Um, they there's not uh, an interaction with the guests. There's no attempt to terrify. It it. All of the uh, the the hauntings uh, typically you hear a piano playing um, when there is no one near the piano. Yeah, um, and then when you go to look at it, it stops. Right. Um, people will hear the sound of parties or something in the ballroom, even though the ballroom is empty, completely empty. Um, again, goose egg. The sounds of children playing in the hallway. <laughs> You're big on the goose egg tonight. Uh, the sounds of children playing in the hallway. Creepy enough. Yeah. Dude, there's real no, kids are creepy. Oh, man. 
there's nothing creepier than the sound of children. But but for the most part, kind of a standoff, just a a cozy, creepy kind of thing. Now there are some now if to turn the dial up a little bit, people uh, claim there is a room with a thief ghost who will take jewelry or luggage or pieces or things from you. Here's some news. It's the, not a thief ghost. Yeah. Just a thief. Just a thief. <laughs> Got really smart. It was like, oh no, it's a tourist attraction. And now I have your fucking watch. <laughs> um, there's uh, people have reported seeing a ghost just standing in their room. That That's, that's creepy oh. enough. You that wake is, up and somebody's just there. That's past creepy enough. That's fly out of your bed and start swinging a chair like your goddamn Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> that's what I would. I would lose my. I would go from asleep to absolute battle frenzy. <laughs> I, you would have to shoot me with a tranquilizer gun if I if I saw that. I would go absolutely <laughs> ape shit berserk. So no 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 more traveling with me. That's yeah. the rule. <laughs> Dave. Dave. <laughs> Can you can you help me with something? <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I'm speaking I Klingon. <laughs> Cobbler! <Yeah. Slice. laughs> <laughs> now the Stanley is uh, is cool because it's played host to many uh, famous figure throughout the the years, uh, including John Philip Sousa, Teddy Roosevelt, like we said, Stephen King stayed yep. there. Tons of, of Hollywood uh, stars and starlets have stayed there. So it's it's a pretty upscale uh, place. Yeah. Again, I mean, if you go up there, you'll see why people want to go there. Sure, sure. There have been uh, reports by the staff of yanking on their clothing uh, as, the, as they're walking down the hall when, well, I mean, when I nobody's think... there. Oh, okay, when nobody's there. <laughs> the room 217 that we mentioned uh, Stephen King stayed in, uh, there was a nearly fatal gas leak explosion in 1917 that injured a maid there, but didn't kill her. She actually made a, a full recovery. So there's almost a ghost there. There's almost. Well, apparently it's haunted by this uh, this housekeeper since uh, 1950, they say. And oh. they say if she likes you, she'll uh, you, you'll wake up and your clothes will be folded and put away. Uh, and if she doesn't like you, then your clothes will be scattered everywhere. <laughs> wow. Pretty silly. I think um, that's awesome, though. It's like Christmas morning. Yeah. I'll either be uh, staying here for a week or five hours. (laughs) (laughs) There's the ghost of a small child that calls for his nanny that's seen on the second floor. Are you my mommy? Don't like that. Nope, nope, no thank you. And here's here's my favorite part. The Earl of Dunraven, who... Coolest title ever. Who was an Irishman. Oh, boy. Who apparently bought that title, the title of Earl? Um, I'll buy one. He was, he was the first one to kind of, I think, buy the land of this. Uh, he he was involved in the very very beginnings of of the hotel before Stanley actually made it made it happen. The Earl of Dunraven, I think he he owned the land or the property or at least was there and and was like, yeah, let's let's do this. But he supposedly haunts room four oh seven. And the best part, please, please, please make it come Christmas or early this year. Please tell me, just, just <laughs> say it. I can't even speak my wish out loud. If you're a woman and you stand in the closet, he'll cop a feel. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes, 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 yes. He's a butt grabber. <laughs> He's a naughty little Irishman. He's creepy. Oh my God. I, 
to the listeners, you have to know that I did not know this fact. <laughs> that Flora's bringing this to me. I did not know this. And it was, oh my God. <laughs> sweet, sweet titties. That is the greatest greatest thing of this whole week. yeah and and uh uh to to up the creepiness a bit if you look at the window of room 407 from the outside sometimes you can see a face staring out of it when no mm. one is actually occupying the room y'all should bring me your titties <laughs> come into me closet do you like the view oh, i do <laughs> <laughs> oh but i do <laughs> So, yeah. Now, since it's of Stephen King fame and purportedly haunted, it's kind of gotten molested over the years by the the ghost hunters and the paranormal seekers and the thrill mongers. (laughs) Thrill mongers. The the youths. Youths. It's to the point. they, they, They actually make a fair amount of money giving tours of this place as, oh, yeah. as a paranormal hotspot. Yeah. And if you read some of the blogs and, and such so that, that have been written about it, it, it almost sounds a little like like it takes away from it. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of manufactured yeah. here and there. And, and meow, 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 meow. Those, those shows already are, are pushing the, the limits for, for paranormal research being right. taken seriously. You know, here's the thing that I don't like. And I and I don't blame them for this. I I know this is like my personal thing. Like, you know, these people are trying to prove the existence of ghosts. So they have to bring diagnostic equipment. They're trying to get proof, you know, and and that's why I don't like those shows. Not, not that I have some ethic. You just don't even have to prove it, guys. Come on. Come on, guys. <laughs> but I like the shows. Truth be told, I like the shows that have like crappy dramatizations more or they're just telling a story. Hmm, but yeah. like, no, this is what happened to this family. They had to move and the right. ghost followed them. Because I like the the creep of it. I like the spookiness of it. That's why Rescue Nine One One was so scary. You, 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 no, <laughs> no, you never. Well, it was great for reenactments. Well, yeah, but they're just telling the story of what happened. And yeah, that, what's made it? That's what made it scary, right? And that and that's <laughs> the, like there's no you know like I don't need to see like the green tinged night you know night vision guy yeah, trying yeah. to talk and I I just like the story of the haunting. Those are the shows that I really enjoy that are just so spooky. Yeah. I it's it's good to bring stuff to people's attention and have a good interest in in the paranormal and stuff and keep your mind open about things, but a lot of those shows are tainted by studios yeah. and executives and people who want ratings and money. You know what though? Like it doesn't it used to be so much cooler. I, I, this is worth the digression here. In the 80s and and well into the 90s everything was just sensationalized to crap and back because nobody cared. There wasn't like, there wasn't an internet. There was no like access to this information. Things couldn't be debunked. So they, they, they didn't have to try. They would just tell you the scary story. Yeah. And maybe they would like play back the, the EVP recordings that would scare you even more. And viewer discretion is advised, right? Those shows in the 80s and 90s were the best. And maybe I mean, it's like nostalgia on my part. But like then we became this like uh, hyper intrusive investigative society about like. So the show stopped being about the story of the haunting and how it affected people. It it became about, oh, well, we've got in you know, our electromagnetometer is showing this right now. And, and oh, what was that sound? Oh, and then it's like shaky cam. Run, 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 run. Oh, and then it's a person who's scared. Like it. It it changed and it became yeah. about the people 
that were living being scared and yeah. not about the entity doing the scaring. Right. You were trying to have the experience vicariously through these people as opposed to hearing about it. Having your own experience yeah. because you're seeing what's going like hearing what's happening. I mean, can we all just agree that the 80s and 90s were just the best to, oh, to begin with? And, and just, with? you know what? They say that the proof that there aren't time machines is because no one like shows up at Lincoln's assassination. <laughs> but here's the thing. Doc Emmett Brown proved it. If you're going to do time traveling, you're hanging out in the 80s, man. <laughs> That's what I'd do. Great, Scott. <laughs> uh, back to the haunting talk. I'm but, sorry. that I thought that that was a relevant diatribe because uh, this is the month where you will be inundated with these shows. Right. We had and, to get to it sometime. Right. We really did. Let's move on then. Uh, Stanley, Stanley Hotel, really cool place. Uh, uh, available to stay at so go yeah. and go and have an experience for yourself if and you know what even if you could give a f- about ghosts which why are you listening to this podcast goose egg. turn it off goose egg. <laughs> if you're going to colorado make a point to visit the stanley hotel and go to estes park you will not regret it yeah if you can get there apparently yeah Ugh. actually all the more reason that place needs tourist dollars yeah. go where's our where's the uh where's the jet taking us next oh Dave? well well, I'll tell you where we're going. Where? Uh, pack your passports and your later hosing because we are going to Germany. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How about we... Uh, <laughs> how about we, we, we just missed Oktoberfest? Oh, man. I didn't miss it. <laughs> I have been getting just jacked every Oktoberfest I can find. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually have been trying a lot of Oktoberfest beers this year. It's yeah, nice. me too. You know what would be a good contest? Get drunk with us. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? Anybody who enters wins. Yay! <laughs> Pure discretion is advised. <laughs> See, it's about you being terrified by the situation. <laughs> so uh, so we're going to Bavaria. Yeah. Good old southern Germany oh, there. pretzels. We're going to visit the Wolfsegg Castle. I thought it was a fortress. Some places have it a fortress. Some places have it a castle. It's a big house. Yeah. It's a big place. Made out of rocks. Lots of rock. Uh, Built in 1028. Whoa, that's old. This Bavarian fortress beside the old Danube River in Germany has seen some shit. Oh, man. If it goes back to 1028, then that thing you fought giants, hordes of (laughs) werewolves, zombies, the Huns. The Swedes, the Moors, <laughs> and um, then Menudo in the eighties. <laughs> everybody, everybody, put up a fortress for that. <laughs> uh, it was it was built for defense of the region, and it did so well because it apparently never failed to enemies in its long existence. Yeah, perfect record, undefeated. Put a banner up. Ownership of the castle changed hands many times early on because you had a lot of quarrelsome Bavarian nobles who fought for control of it. Like you do. Yep. And uh, these these were the Raubritta, or the robber barons of the time. Really? Yeah, I call them a Raubritta. So they did not make their money kindly. They, they made their money Germanically. <laughs> In the 14th century, the fortress was owned by the aristocratic warrior clan. Sounds, sounds a little paradoxical. Um, I, don't, I don't know. No fancy warriors? I mean... 
<laughs> historically, uh, the the only warriors were like the like the knights and stuff. Well, that's true. That's it true. It Takes a lot of money to field a knight. All right, no, that sounds stupid. Uh, that's it's <laughs> absolutely true. This clan was called hey, David. I forgive you. Okay. <laughs> Goose egg. <laughs> the clan was called the Labas, and that's uh, that's spelled L A A B E R S. Okay. And one Laba Baron married a lovely young woman, and uh, not once to be happy for family, his relatives contrived a plot to take the estate from them through his new bride. Oh. They put the unsuspecting woman in a compromising situation with another man. Sexy. And told the Baron she was having an affair. What? Yep. And the Baron busted in the room, found the two unknowing pawns, killed them both in a jealous rage. And then the relatives murdered him, quote, for justice. Boy, I'll tell you what, Baron's got a Baron. <laughs> don't don't hate the Baron. They saw him hating. Hate the game. Heads are rolling. <laughs> nice. Uh, they, they inherited the castle, but then... They also may have inherited some new spirits. Yeah, of some decapitated people. <laughs> in 1578, a fire destroyed a lot of it. In 1646, Swedish troops laid siege to it, mostly unsuccessfully, but uh, they were able to set it on fire again. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Not as long as it got back on fire. And then uh, uh, later on, I think in the 17th century, it was also used as a military hospital. So it saw a lot of death yeah. in its time. A lot of amputations. That's how you cured the cold back then. So here's some things that uh, people say you can um, maybe see today. Yeah. So if you can't afford a trip to Estes Park, but you're like, well, I'm already in Germany. <laughs> You should know, though, that it's privately owned and that you would have to request uh, <laughs> a tour, which may or may not be given. Wait, so somebody just lives there? It's just their house now? Mm-hmm. They are they are trying to uh, renovate it, but... That's awesome. Yeah. How did those people sleep? <laughs> On piles of money. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> so um, people say that they can smell burning just walking through the halls. They can hear horses screaming from where stables used to be. Oh. Uh, some people report seeing a man wearing an old Swedish-style cap uh, coming and going here and there, maybe holding a candle. Oh. And it's not like not like a Swedish cap, like... <laughs> a baseball cap with the flag on it. Yeah. It, uh... <laughs> I imagine, like, whenever I think, honestly, old-timey European hat, I just think of, like, whatever the Smurfs were wearing. <laughs> It's not like I'm that often called upon to imagine an old-timey European hat. And so I'm just like, oh, yeah, Smurf hat. All right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Then this, there's a guy just walking around like Papa Smurf. Right. And then the, the slain Baroness is said to roam the halls dressed in luminous white robes. Hot. And uh, footsteps can be heard echoing down the hall when no one's there. Boo. If you uh, stay in uh, one particular room... You get a feeling of restlessness and some kind of oppression, I think. I think I could feel that in any room. <laughs> in this place? I think I could take it. To, I think I could st- go for the record. Uh, apparently, they also have cold drafts that you can feel when you shouldn't, even though it's a castle. Right. Let's just let's just go ahead and just knock that one off. The and uh, glowing apparitions or orbs uh, are also seen, which 
has been said to be maybe gas or a sort of will-o'-the-wisp type phenomenon from uh, caverns below it. Still cool. There's a bat cave under that thing? There is, yeah. Some kind of, I think, a salt or crystal cave or something. Okay, here's the deal. We have never asked you for money for anything before. (laughs) And that ends now. We need all of your money to buy this awesome Bavarian castle. And we will live in it. And we will become the gem and Batman. Oh, my God. It will be so awesome. And anyone, this this is the best Kickstarter in history. You know why? Because we're not going to use Kickstarter. Send us (laughs) as much money as you can. And, like, here's the thing. I'm not even going to be like, oh, at the $10,000 level. No, no, no. By percentage of your annual income. That's how we're doing this. So that everyone gets the same chance regardless of their income. Uh, The homeless are excluded because it's just too easy for them. (laughs) Because they can't get internet. Right. Uh, But, (laughs) no, you send us uh, 50% of your yearly income and you can stay at the castle whenever you want. I mean, give us like yeah. two days, just polite time, just so we can you know, do the clean dishes up. and clean up. But yeah. Silence the horses. Right. As best we can. But that's the, that's the rules. We will the... become uh, the Bavarian Herr Fledermals. Oh, do you see? You can stay with us and get that stuff. That just dinner conversation. <laughs> that's just Flora and I sitting at opposite ends of a really long really table. Really long. And, but we're dressed as like uh, uh, Batman and Lederhosen. Oh, my God. Tell me you don't want that. So that's that's what we're working on now. That's our next endeavor. There you go. Send us 50% or more <laughs> or more uh, at the 75% of your annual income. That's going to get you choice of room. Yeah. And at 100% of your yearly income. Your your own Batman later hosen. Yeah, you're, you're a roommate. <laughs> you live with us. Don't be a dick about it. 100. Somebody makes like 10,000 a year. Yeah. I mean, I mean 10,000 is not... Something to scoff at. No, I'm not mad about the $10,000 guy who gave us (laughs) $10,000. All right. So that's Wolf's Egg uh, Fortress there for you. Oh, man. Where we're all going to live in spooky harmony. Where where are we going next? Oh, now we're going to just take a quick swim across the channel to jolly old England. No. It's not that jolly then, eh? Because it's it's downright spooky. It's haunted, you know. Spectres and... Phantoms and whatnot. And what have yous. And what have yous. Watch out, Johnny. Listen here. It ain't so easy walking to this uh, cemetery. <laughs> it's a bit creepy, isn't it? That's right. That's right. It scares you. What's the matter? You're scared? You nonce. <laughs> Just shut your knickers. <laughs> okay, we are now going to... <laughs> we're going to Highgate Cemetery. Uh-oh. That's right. The highest gate in all the cemetery towns. <laughs> Highgate is awesome and old. Another old one, yeah. Yeah. It was opened in 1839. Old. Uh yeah. Not as old as you would think though. I thought it would be older, but it was not. And 1839 uh, is not old enough for you, bro. No, no, it's not, bro. If it ain't Romans in it, it's closer to 200 years than not. Yeah, it's still. I mean, I guess 1839, Highgate opens. Uh, it was part of like this big cemetery push because apparently there's a problem with the dead. In London, they were yeah. getting a little crowded in the old churchyard. Yeah. And it is uh, nominally, you know, points of fun fact, it's full of famous people. It is. Yeah. Uh, the a very popular Douglas Adams, the mm. author of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, is in there. Mm-hmm. 
Henry Gray of Gray's Anatomy fame. Mm-hmm. Karl Marx. Ever heard of him? Malcolm McLaren of the Sex Pistols. <laughs> um, also, uh, uh, some of Charles Dickens' family is buried ooh. there. And um, the old uh, Michael Faraday, who had some KG views on physics. <laughs> nice. I like that. <laughs> All told, there's about 170,000 baddies there, right? Yep. Yep. Gene Simmons. The female actress. See what oh, I did there? You see what I did there? I turned it around. Little kiss. Yep. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> these ghosts, they um, they rock and roll all night and they party every day. Oh, man. Uh, it is it is very, very well known for its many flavors of spooky goings on. Yeah, this thing's got a lot of stuff. I mean, people have been... Uh, there's, there are stories of um, a gentleman whose car broke down outside the gates and saw a creature inside with glowing eyes just watching him from within. Great. Obviously, no shortage of ghosts and Yeah, just regular old apparitions that disappear through walls. Here's the thing I'm particularly in love with. Uh, One man was said to be accosted by a creature that sprang up over one of the walls. What? Yeah, as though... It had... Spring heels. That's right. A possible spring heel jack viewing. Holy sh! Spring heel jack yeah. slap. <laughs> oh, it came back. Take oh, that, oh, random sweet, businessman. Sweet tatas. Yeah. So it's it's great. But here's the part that I really love. There was a for the for what we're talking about really recent. One hell of a hullabaloo about this cemetery. A little bit. Uh, turns out, they had a bit of a vampire problem. Oh. Although it didn't start out that way. <laughs> it started out as people uh, claiming to see a, a tall, gaunt, ghostly figure. Yeah. Um, real tall, like seven foot or something. Yeah, real tall, very thin, wearing dark clothes. And then, uh, you know, the story gets told a few times. Some more people see it. Now they feel drained or tired hmm. after seeing it. Then people just start describing it as almost vampiric. And within no time whatsoever, we get ourselves the Highgate Vampire. Good. Yeah. Blah. <laughs> Blah, and I. <laughs> <laughs> What's all this blood then, huh? Pretty bloody unlikely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So it started in the early 70s when everything was groovy. These two guys both claim to have uh, run across this thing. One of them is a guy named David Ferrant, and the other one is Sean Manchester. (laughs) The other one is England Englishman. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Tea drinker, stiff upper lip. (laughs) Uh, Lord Parliament. (laughs) (laughs) And they both claimed that they had seen this thing years before, this figure and... And again, everything was very cagey about the uh, vampire thing. At first, it was a ghost. Right. Um, and as then it time, was a psychic vampire. Right. Then, then it was, was a vampire vampire. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it went through quite a metamorphosis. <laughs> but these two guys, the, the fun thing is that they, they weren't like besties. They were kind of working independently. Hmm. I mean, they both supported each other's views. And sometimes they disagreed on your methods. Hmm. But not like high-fiving uh, homeboys. And eventually, after a few years, uh, Manchester claimed, you know what we got here? 
This here's a king vampire. <laughs> this guy is making vampires left and right, and we need to go on a motherfucking vampire hunt. Now, who's with me? Now, throughout history, whenever someone gives that speech, it's usually followed by two cops. <laughs> but for some reason, you know, uh, Woodstock just ended. The Beatles were still popular. The Bobbies were all taken right. up at the time. And, I mean, I don't know, maybe... Maybe I'm not afraid to blame this on Benny Hill. I don't know. But for some reason, a lot of people were like, yeah, vampire hunt. (laughs) Huzzah. So on uh, Friday, the 13th of March, 1970, everyone went batshit crazy in the cemetery. (laughs) The cops tried to keep people out, but people are scaling the walls. Everyone's got like steaks and and cloves of garlic and holy water. And they are running amok through the cemetery. And uh, and Manchester claims that he was uh, at, at a previous jer- uh, trip. And both of these guys, by the way, had been arrested on, on a few occasions for being in the cemetery after hours. Yeah. For scaling the walls and running amok in there at night. Probably contributing themselves to a fair number of quote-unquote sightings. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Manchester claims that he was led uh, to a particular family's mausoleum. By a, a a psychic sleepwalking girl. Hmm. You know, one of them. Yeah, I have one. Go to bed now, love. We got work to do. Oh, you're my mommy. <laughs> so he, uh, and at one point, um, <laughs> Ferent, the other guy, he was actually arrested by police carrying a crucifix and a wooden stake running around he at night. He was serious. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's dead serious about this. They were trying to get into these things to uh, stab them with stakes. Yeah, they were They were trying to get into catacombs. They were trying to open coffins to find the, the king of the vampires and stake it and burn the body. Yeah. Now, these guys, over time, began to uh, compete for, for attention hmm. you know, because they were never really friends. And they just got nastier and nastier over time. And this whole thing, uh, it came to a head... Eventually, uh, Ferent was arrested for desecrating graves and messing with the dead and did some time in jail. Both of them wrote books about the Highgate vampire. And uh, they both continue to this day to be, uh, quote unquote, paranormal investigators. And they hate each other. Ooh. Um, but here's the thing. As far as we know, they never got that pesky vampire king. Uh-oh. So he's still out there. There was a, a fun little code of the story is... Um, in 1974, there was a rumor going around that they were going to meet on Parliament Hill to have a magician's duel. What? No sh**. What? Yeah. <laughs> this just turned into a, a Job from oh, yeah. Arrested <laughs> Development. One of them goes to shake the other's hand and it like pulls out and like all these coins shoot all over. Oh, gosh. Illusions, officer. You're arresting me for performing illusions in a graveyard. <laughs> yeah, and um, a magicians and, duel. Yeah, yeah. The and I've got to break your heart because it turns out the magicians duel never happened. Oh, um, that's but, the new Kickstarter. Oh, okay. <laughs> let's get these guys to Parliament Hill. Oh my God, the rematch. <laughs> the rematch of the match that never was. Forty years later. Oh my gosh. No, no, no. 2014 if we can get friday hold on i have to find this out if there's a friday the 13th in april there is not 
But uh, on Sunday, the 13th of April, 2014, 40 years later, I declare Wizards Duel rematch between Manchester and uh, Ferent. Oi! Wizards Duel! <laughs> What's that? Wizards Duel! <laughs> I heard it's a Wizards Duel! Did I say Wizards Duel? Where's that then, I? Parliament, heal you fool! There's a wizard. Regular, quite regular. Quite. You can't can't have a wizard duel. Filed a problem paperwork. Oh, we just wrote a play called Wizards Duel. Magicians Duel. Sorry, we already f***ed it up. No, we have to call it Wizards Duel because they own the phrase Magicians Duel. Yeah, they'll sue us. Oh, They'll get man. a barrister on us. Great. That's awesome. Yeah. So Highgate, yeah. Highgate Cemetery. Highgate Cemetery. The, I mean, if Full you look at... real hauntings and real chicanery. <laughs> if you look at pictures of this place, it's a goth girl's wet dream, dude. Oh, truly. It's it like really sculptures is. and like the, the tops of caskets with like the, the drape, like the woman in repose. And <laughs> it's it's kind of halfway claimed by the forest. And yeah. Beautiful. It's, it's, yeah, it's gorgeous, but uh, definitely a place where any any goth girl worth her salt wants to get You can become a vampire married. there. There's a vampire king. All right, well, we're going to get... I'm taking you to Heathrow, Flora, and okay. guess what? Any ticket you want, I'll pay for it. Let's wherever go, you want to go. Let's go back to my home state. Oh, thank God. KY! That's right. Um, um, just, say, just say it because you have to. You're on Kentucky home. That's what you have to say. You are legally obligated to use that phrase. All right, we're going to my old Kentucky home, to the sprawling metropolis of Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, that's not Louisville. Uh, we're going to a place called Waverly Hills Sanatorium. I don't. That made no sense to anything. I just wanted to try. Save that for later. That'll work later, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it already sounds spooky, right? Right. Look up a picture of this place. Oh, God, it is the epitome of... Of, like, institutional terror. Yeah. It's great. It's a great facade. Also a really popular place for the old uh, paranormal enthusiasts yeah. to go and dick around. Uh, all right. When did the dicking around start? Well, I'll tell you what. The place itself opened in 1910 as a two-story tuberculosis hospital. But it believed in its mysteries, and it believed in itself. And before too long... It expanded to a five-story brick building in 1926. That's a that's a success story. Uh, it closed in 1961 after tuberculosis was uh, under control, and then it opened as a nursing home in 1962, closing in 1982 due well, to once we got all the lungers out, we brought in a bunch of old folk, olders, <laughs> olders. <laughs> Take out the lungers, bring in the olders. <laughs> yeah, closed in '82. Uh, apparently. Due to patient neglect. Oh. In a nursing home? What? It, it was also built. Here's a, an interesting part about it. Built with a tunnel traveling 500 feet. Straight down into hell. Down to the bottom of the hill that it was sitting on. Uh, also with a set of steps and a motorized cart for supplies to be taken up and down it. Whoa. Apparently the, the hill was pretty steep and, and crappy and, and they built this tunnel so that the staff could get up and, and down there pretty easily. But... Yeah, but what? But this... Oops. 
Yep. <laughs> um, I dropped my camera. But a, a ton, a, a 500 foot tunnel under a sanatorium? It's for smuggling bodies. <laughs> More on that in a bit. Estimated that 8,000 patients died there. Although urban legends claim that 63,000 patients died there. What? <laughs> that tunnel's totally for bodies. The 63,000 number completely fabricated. We'll, we'll go on and put that out there. They, they've done research and, and looked up death certificates and things. And based on how many people like were in the, on the record. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just based on the number of years and the, the number of death certificates that they've got, they only, they barely got to the estimate of, of 8,000. Yeah. If even that. But it, it was the scene of, of quite a bit of, of death because tuberculosis was a, yeah. a pretty uh, radical thing. Yeah, TB doesn't f*** around. Now, there are tales of experiments and severe mistreatment that have led to rumors of this place being well, I mean, worse than it is. Here's the thing. We call it mistreatment now because it was. But back then, they just called it, well, you know. They're not human. We can do whatever we want. There are uh, tales of voices that can be heard, cold spots that people encounter, shadows that move on their own, screams that can be heard Uh, in the hall. No, thank you. Apparitions that are seen floating at the end of halls and in rooms. There's a myth about a nurse who hanged herself in one of the rooms. Something about she uh, got pregnant by the owner Gross. Wasn't married, didn't want to live with that. That's lame. If if you work in a sanitarium and you get pregnant by the owner, you have to know you have options. Why aren't there more posters about this? (laughs) There's people you can talk to. There should be one right beside the workers' comp poster. Right. And this thing, again, it's been featured on all these Discovery Channel shows, you know? Yeah. And, And by Discovery Channel shows, it's any show that somebody's saying, oh, did you hear that? Right. So, this place... That Those are the legends about it. Super creepy. Here's the deal, though. As a sanatorium, it was not set up as a mental hospital or an asylum of any type. It was used just for tuberculosis treatment. Right. And when tuberculosis was no more, it was functionally useless. Yeah. Which is why they then turned it into a, a nursing home. And, of course, there are you know reports of mistreatment there, but nothing... Uh, in in the the case of uh, people being uh, mentally unstable and being sent there, or yeah, you know anything they they might have had dementia or or uh, being senile, but that's that it's not the same thing as a, as a mental hospital. I think it gets painted as this place for crazies, right? Who go in there and and completely break down and and. Go on murderous sprees, you know, once well, every year or something. The the word sanatorium, you know, like that's pretty evocative, right? Did I just say evocative. I just add a little extra to the middle of that one. Pretty Dip, evocative diphthong. Yeah. When yeah, when you think of sanatorium, you think of of a, a nut house, right? right? But I think it's. I mean, sanatorium is just another word for. I mean, the the base of the word is it shares a root with sanitation. Yeah. I mean, which which just, it's a clean facility, right? Well, you know, I, I looked it up just to make sure we weren't totally off base here. And it is. It's a long-term medical facility that most typically worked with tuberculosis before we had antibiotics. That's, they just put them all in one place. So it doesn't even have anything to do with mental 
illness. Nope, but we <laughs> but we still have that weird association. Yeah, you know. So um, a lot of people have come in here and and gone through the the records and the history and and really kind of debunked most of this stuff the the myth about the nurse who hanged herself apparently the metal pipe that uh, she hanged herself by wasn't even installed until well after her death oh meow meow so meow meow snarf snarf there were reports of electroshock therapy being done there and all kinds of experiments and stuff which just doesn't add up because you don't do that to tuberculosis patients yeah even yeah. back then, when people didn't really give a shit about no, medicine. I mean, even Doc Holliday, there's a great, great big uh, sanitarium in Glenwood Springs where Doc Holliday died. Yeah. It's just a place to keep people comfortable while they inevitably die. Right. But not to say that people didn't die there. There were plenty of deaths. Yep. Uh, enough so to where they nicknamed the old tunnel leading out of there the body chute. Gah, I was right. Nailed it. And there are still reports of, of screaming and disembodied voices and apparitions and stuff that, that do go on there. So, cool little spot there. And um, another one that's that's getting the short end of the, the paranormal research stick because it's so inundated by right. uh, shows and, and produced Looky things. Looky-loos and yahoos. Rubberneckers. <laughs> I like rubberneckers. <laughs> So, so that's Waverly Hills. Oh man, I'm in into that. Louisville. So uh, let's stay in the states here. All right, take the jet over to Connecticut. All right. Dude, I wonder if people from Connecticut hate it when people say Connecticut. I think they do. We're going to Northwest Connecticut, uh, the town of Cornwall, and the remains of a small hamlet dubbed Dudley Town. Now, this site is so infamous for paranormal activity that there's a $75 fine for trespassing if police catch you there. Yeah, because everybody goes there. Apparently, so the story goes, in 1510, an Englishman named Edmund Dudley was beheaded for plotting to usurp Henry VIII, and a curse was placed on the Dudley family. The family line eventually made it across the pond to Saybrook, Connecticut, and then Cornwall... And the settlement in Cornwall, purchased in 1745, was in the middle of a dense, dark forest named Dark Entry Forest. What? Apparently, it's a, it's a pretty foreboding place. Yeah, Dark Entry? I mean, it's, it's not just the title of a porn. <laughs> it's also a scary place in Connecticut. Uh, living there was pretty hard. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty rocky place. Uh, they had to clear away a lot of forest to even uh, set up shop. Uh, there may have been lead in the water. Sweet. All kinds of stuff working against them. Native American attacks. You know, it's it's 1745. That's not a, a happy time in, in uh, American history. No, no. We're, they're just girding their loins for revolutionary battles. There was an unknown epidemic that killed a family by the last name of Carter, there in 1774. Oh, but you don't remember them, do you? It's not called Carter Town. Oh, no, because the Dudleys were all, oh, too bad. Sorry, Carters. Now we're going to buy the mill, and we're going to be employing everybody, and we'll call it Dudley Town because you died. And that's what happened. Uh, <laughs> it was called uh, it was called Dudley Town because uh, a lot of the Dudley family ended up moving there, and, and because, I guess, they were the most prominent family around the area. They called it uh, Dudley Town. Boop. So, 
1804, the wife of a Revolutionary War general was struck by lightning on her porch and died. The family of a man named John Brophy was lost in the late 1800s as his wife died of tuberculosis and his two kids disappeared in the woods nearby. The dark entry woods. The same. By 1899, so much crap had happened to people that the town was deserted. (laughs) Skip ahead to the 1920s. A man by the name of Dr. William Clark built a summer home there. Progress comes to Dudley Town. One big summer. city doctors have big city dreams. <laughs> Look at Dr. Clark. <laughs> well, good morning, doctor. Looks like what this town needs is a shot in the arm. <laughs> Fresh <laughs> off of fighting the Kaiser, the doctor sets work back in the good old U.S. of A. Revitalizing once dead areas. So what, what did the doctor do? So he was, um, he was called away uh, on emergency to New York City one summer. When he returned, he found his wife had gone mad, and sources say something from the woods attacked her and left her in that state. Blah. And then she lived the rest of her days in a mental hospital, not Probably, a sanatorium. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe an asylum. Yeah. Today, apparently Satanists and black witches uh, allegedly perform witch rituals there, and it's been shut down to tourists and hikers because people want to come and see if... There really is something terrorizing the woods in this uh, weird little town where nobody can live for very long. There are numerous sightings of entities and uh, apparent demonic possessions that can happen. And uh, the curse of the Dudleys apparently lives on in the remains of Dudley Town. Trespass, trespass. Privately owned, privately owned, privately owned. Dark. Oh. Yeah, okay, so enough of that. That's uh that's Dudley Town. That's that's a hot and quick um uh, was a, that was it, a but, hot and quick one. Thank um, you. Sounds like a, a a creepy place, especially like steeped in history and having that huge foreboding forest right there, doesn't it? Yeah. Help. I mean things coming from the forest to leave you insane. <laughs> boogity boogity boogity. Lots of stories, lots of stories coming out of, of this place. That's I I'll bet you it's gorgeous. Probably is, yeah. But like, I don't know if it's in Estes Park, but all right. But just like, oh, like the the I went to the city when I came back. Something had attacked my wife and drove her mad. You ain't getting over that. That's going through your mind every night before you go to sleep. Yeah, you don't you don't come back every from time that. you look out the window. Oh, and it's just dark. Yeah, oh. feel like something's watching you. That's why everyone in Alaska owns so many guns. One because there's fucking bears and they need to own guns. <laughs> I that is. That is like the one time where I ask no questions about what weapons people own, and that is Alaska. You are allowed to have an M60 Rambo style, and you can justify its use in Alaska. But like those people, they all live way far from each other, Mm. and it's just darkness outside at night with f***ing giant bears in it, plus probably weirdos. (laughs) Bears and weirdos. Bears and weirdos. Beardos. A couple of beardos. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's dark. They mate. <laughs> Can't tell bear from a weirdo. Who's, who's groping who? It's <laughs> my stomach. Get out of here, beardo. <laughs> hey, come on, guys. 
Great. Uh, Dave, we've gone through quite a few here. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, we're getting long in the tooth, though. Yep. Well, I guess we're going to have to hurry this up. What's the fastest thing that you know of? To get more of this stuff crammed in here? Yeah. It would probably be a Stucco Flora Fight. All right, I'm going to kick off the uh, the old lightning round here. Let's take the plane to beautiful Indiana. <laughs> We're going to visit the Whispers Estate, built in 1894 in Mitchell, Indiana. Purchased by Dr. John Gibbons around 1899, Dr. John Gibbons and his wife, Jessie, uh, apparently liked to adopt orphans. And one orphan, a 10-year-old girl named Rachel, started a fire in the front parlor and died from burns two days later. Later on, a 10-month-old infant died of unknown causes in the master bedroom. What? The doctor's wife, Jessie, died after a bout with double pneumonia. What? Is that both lungs? That's what I'm guessing. Really bad pneumonia. Or it's like twice, twice the pneumonia. Yeah. What do you got? Double, double herpes. (laughs) (laughs) And they get me. They get. They are running rough shot all over me. I've got triple syphilis. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like a bad doctor. It's double pneumonia. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, Je- Jesse died with that. And then after the Gibbons, subsequent occupants died of different causes in the house. Some of them children. In 2006, renovation began on the house, and so did activity. Disembodied voices are heard and repeatedly reported to this day. The smell of baby powder and crying can be heard in the master bedroom. The smell of crying? That's the worst smell there is. Reports of people seeing uh, Rachel, the little girl who burned herself, continue. And in the master bedroom, the closet doorknob will jiggle on its own. Stop. And then bust open. Oh, that's the worst. Because you're like, did I hear that? <sighs> Blam! <laughs> <Yep. laughs> and uh, occupants in the master bedroom who stay there sometimes awake to labored breathing and coughing. No thanks. Pass. Whispers a state. Uh, Stacko. Fight. All right, let's jump back into our pandimensional fun tacular silly blimp. Mm, okay. <laughs> that's better, isn't it? Uh, we're going to go to Pakistan to the Mohata Palace, which Ooh. built in uh, scenic, beautiful 1920s, which is when haunted buildings were built. Haunted decade. Late 19th century, yeah. early 20th. Yeah. And it is uh, said to be uh, not only uh, haunted by uh, ghosts of the British Raj, but there's also some supernatural things having to do with Hinduism and perhaps some affronts to Shiva. And hmm. you do not mess with Shiva. No. You mess with all of them. You can you can do whatever you want, but Shiva is not to be toyed with. I would also uh, say don't mess with Kali either. <laughs> right. Yeah. Kali. That's a... We, so we if there's two Hindu gods you don't mess with. We just don't talk about Kali. <laughs> Probably, famous. probably also Vishnu. Don't don't mess with. If there's three Hindu <laughs> gods, <laughs> four, four. Okay, uh, Ganesh. 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 Don't, yeah, don't, don't mess with Ganesh. Will gore you. If there if there's four. <laughs> three hours later, uh, Brahma. Brahma. If yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it is. Uh, it's famous for being uh, haunted by the 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 guards. Say that they 
They feel these presences all the time. It's very unnerving, but they've never done anything. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Very, very British. Very British. Um, Flora, take us away from here before you in, before you once again uh, embarrass me. <laughs> Round two. Yeah. Fight. Let's hop the plane to our neighbors to the south. <gasps> Mexico. Hi, 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 hi. That is Where's not that? a Mexican my song. my Oh, wait, wait. Let's try it again. We are going to the Via de Santiago, Puerto Genovivo. Not quite the same. It's just a little <laughs> box of nerds. In Nuevo Leon, Mexico. Dramatic guitar. Yeah, that's more like Dramatic it. nerds. Yeah. A poor maraca substitute, but... <laughs> the working we'll, man's maraca. We'll, we'll take Box it. of nerds. Uh, this is a small town in Mexico, accessible only by a steep, dangerous mountain road. Sexy mountain road. Not so it sexy. It moves this way and that. Oh, no, 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 my friend. The road is lined with crosses marking deaths from accidents where vehicles tumbled over the edge. See, it's for God. Yeah, apparently this road has a, a bunch of crosses on it uh, where motorists have met an untimely death, including a group of ten from a family that was in a single vehicle that went over the edge. You can still see the remains of the vehicle to this day. And standing on the road at midnight, it's said you can witness accidents replay spectrally, and then you can hear screams and cries echoing through the mountains. Ugh. Don't want to hear that in the mountains. Probably not at any time of the day. Not even outside of Mexico. De Santiago. Nice. Yeah, pretty creepy. Super creepy. Stecco. Fight. Uh, why don't you jump on top of my National Progress Unicycle? Okay. We're going to Iowa, to the Velisca Axe Murder House, <laughs> an aptly named abode. Is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. In 1912, everyone in the house was killed. Really? Axe murder style, plus two kids that were just house guests. Um, That's, uh, Mom, can I and, stay with my friends? Oh, man. And I no. mean, like, brutally, the... Uh, some interesting fun facts. The uh, the the man of the house was hit so hard and so many times in the face with an axe that it was uh, unrecognizable, and they never found his eyes. Yeah. The wife, also murdered. Here's the weird thing. Of all the people in the house that were killed, of six people, by the way, only one of them was awake when it happened. So these were like powerful, brutal murders that happened in near-perfect silence. Um, Who was awake? Oh, uh, one of the guests was the last one to be one killed. One of the kid guests? Yeah. And she had uh, injuries consistent with self-defense. Wow. Yeah. Did not work out for her, unfortunately. So, huge deal. This is 1912. Six people axe murdered in a house. Huge deal. They never caught him, the person responsible. They never even got close. They never, ever got a clue. So, to this day, it's uh, considered to be haunted by the spirits of this house because they never found who was responsible. Uh, people will take pictures and see like a face in the window looking out. They'll hear uh, sounds on the footsteps, and yeah, that's a that's a serious place. Yeah, that is. This here's is the thing. They've, I mean, as since you've clearly never heard of it, the town of Aliskin could use some tourist dollars, and so they've kind of ginned up a little industry around it. But Jesus sh- balls, yeah, that is a 
that is a tragic and awful story of something that completely <laughs> happened. If there's anything that'll leave an imprint for ghosts, right. Ugh. an axe murder will do it. Yeah. Man, and they don't have any idea that, you know, who could just have done it. Like, they had a ton of ideas. Didn't they say like a traveling preacher might have done it? Well, that's the thing. They had so many ideas and none of them panned out. They had like small town terror ideas. Um, for example, literally every hobo, transient, and um, unknown stranger was like rounded up. Hmm. Like anything they could think to do, they did. And none of it panned out. Wow. Yeah. What do you think of that? that that's some serious shit. Mm-hmm. Flora, where are you taking us next? Round three? Yeah. We are going to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Ooh. We're going to Eastern State Penitentiary. Ooh. Built in 1829. Utilizing Gothic-style architecture, it was originally designed to hold 250 inmates in solitary confinement. However, that didn't stop the warden from cramming upwards of 1,700 prisoners inside. This place was made famous by a certain individual named Al Capone, who was incarcerated there in 1929. This place was a house of horrors. Prisoners were locked in their cells all but one hour a day. And when they got to leave their cells, black hoods were placed over their heads. Uh. Communication between inmates was completely forbidden. And if you broke any rule... The punishment was inhuman. They would do such things as put a metal clamp on your tongue and attach it to chains on your wrists, which were cuffed behind you so that if you made the slightest movement, your tongue would rip. Many inmates died from this. If they put you in some kind of super solitary confinement, they would just throw you in what they called the pit, which was a hole in the ground that they would put you in for up to two weeks at a time with only a slice of bread and a glass of water every now and then. Ugh. They would also... I, I don't even know what... I would like. I, I just made a noise and then thought about how terrible that would be. They could strap you to a wooden chair to where you could not move at all and leave you there without food or drink for days. Ugh. It was not a happy place. No, it wasn't. They kind of uh, took over and stopped most of the, the crappy stuff in the early 1900s. Uh, and by 1971, it was closed. Today, uh, shadowy figures can be seen sliding down walls and hovering in the hallways. A ghostly figure can be seen standing in a guard tower. Evil cackling is reported in cell block 12, and in cell block 4, ghostly faces are said to appear. No thanks. Pass. I will not spend the night there. Eastern State Penitentiary. Lots of negative energy. Yeah. Lots of nope. Stucco. Big in. All right. Here we go. We are going to get into my underwater fantabulator and uh, travel to Wales. To, the uh, Wales? Uh, to Wales in the UK. The Wales. The famous Wales. Uh, home to Tom Jones and Sears Matthews. He's not there right now, is he? Maybe. Oh. A fun fact. Uh, the Welsh language is somewhat endangered. And so that as a, as a means to try to keep it vibrant, every Welsh singer that becomes famous makes a point to record a song in Welsh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's my point. The, uh, the Skirid Mountain Inn. Ooh. When do you think this thing was built? I would say 1920s. Boy, go back. 
I would say 1820s. Ah, keep trucking. I would say 10 CE. Ooh, way to go common era. Well, how about 1100? Oh, this thing is old, dog. <laughs> it's a good thing I jumped a lot there. Yeah, we could have we could have done the old clock game all day. It was from 1100. This thing is approaching a millennium. It's almost as old as Wolf's Egg Fortress. Almost. But can Wolf's Egg Fortress boast the fact that as many as 180 convicted felons were hanged inside of it? No. <laughs> That's right, Wolfseg, move down the bench. <laughs> Having said that, we're still going to live there, so it's still pretty cool. Kickstarter. Right. <laughs> yeah, because it was uh, a town, uh, it was a, a center for, for people to gather, and they kind of used it as a makeshift courtroom. The beam that, that these people were hanged from is there. Like, you can see the rope marks on it. Why? Yeah. Why so, around? And so, as you can imagine, this place is haunted as fuck. Dog. <laughs> Every spirit in the land is angry. 180 convicted felons. A couple of them probably are lingering because they're not done felonizing. Goose egg. Goose egg. <laughs> that's, the sub, that's the subtitle to this episode. Subtitle is International Hatred. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, so this place is super haunted. People are uh, claiming to see the hangings happen. Oh, wow. They they hear uh, people making the walk up the stairs to, the gallows. to the beam. So so this was they were just hanged inside the house? Yeah. It's, it's it was a, like, it's a get up story. these stairs. We're just going to push you off the railing. Functionally, yeah. Did they get a pint on the way? One can hope, but probably not. These are felons. They're not looking to make it good for them. They were probably getting stabbed with daggers and dirks and, I don't know, elven swords. It was 1100, dude. They had elves. That's what I've got. The, uh, the, the, the Skirid Inn. Yeah. All right. And that concludes this. That is a lot of uh, scary crap that for is you. Tons. That is that is a lot of international haunts. So put that in your your pipe and haunt it. Haunt it, uh, Dave. I I gotta tell you, when I was doing the research for this, I could swear that I heard something. I I, I heard a voice. I was the only one in my apartment uh, besides my dog, and I could swear that I heard. <sighs> Oh, there's nothing more mortifying or terrifying than the true reality of puns in your face. Scary, scary stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Save, save the best scare for last. Uh, who's going first this week? However you like it, man. I'm ready. I'm so locked and loaded. All right. Well, you go then. All right. My puns are on a theme. Are they? Yeah, a little bit. Just on accident. It's the way it worked out. Are they? Is it a haunted location theme? Maybe. Because that would work out with this episode. Really it well. really would. Really would. Uh, no, um, so it turns out that there is a uh, a haunted town in uh, Connecticut, and the people go there, and they are driven mad by the surroundings. Um, and it's it's doodly town. It's just haunted by bros. It's just it's just all these people just just hanging out, pop collars, asking about Skrillex. It's a tough place to be. Doodly town. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, because I, th- I think this place 
is just down the road uh, from another place in Connecticut that's actually uh, an area of really nice, cozy energy. Oh. People go there to, to feel safe, to really get centered, and, and uh, it really helps with uh, the sanity of, of living. Oh, nice. You, you feel great when you're there. I like that. It's called Cuddly Town. Oh, adorable. <laughs> Way better than my town. <laughs> now, I, I, I can't imagine, given the distance between that, these two phenomena are, um, are directly related, but they must be somehow, because there is, in Iowa, there was a, a tragedy that happened in a house, and uh, six people were assaulted um, when, in the dead of night, clearly a bro <laughs> made his way into the house. And to this day... <laughs> The house is still haunted by the rich stench, and it's now known as the Velisca Axe Body Spray House. <laughs> and if you spent the night there, you can hear him it like whisper in your ear. You like to party, bro? <laughs> I hear that, that one of the victims was sprayed pits to chesty. <laughs> Yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I, <laughs> I, I've got a, <laughs> I'm glad you like that one. <laughs> uh, pretty good. Pretty good. All right. There's, a, uh, there's an old bakery in London. Uh-huh. Old bakery and dessert shop. And a, a, a lot of famous folks actually uh, go there. Oh, good. It's called... Pygate Crematory. Oh, I like that. Do <laughs> um, you want a bonus one? I'll take a bonus one. I don't have right. a bonus, but right. I, I wouldn't mind a, a follow-up. All right. There's a... Uh, this is not in theme, but there's a, uh, there's a very, very old inn in Wales, and people won't go there because word is that it's haunted by over 100 dead felons, and so they changed the name to try to draw more people in. It's the... Don't be scared in. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to go for the uh, scary place because they play nothing but dubstep. <laughs> the Skrillex in. The Skrillex in. No, I, I wasn't going to go for the hat trick on that. All right. Man, uh, them's puns. Yeah, them's puns. Wow. Puns don't lie. <laughs> puns don't run. Puns never sleep. <laughs> God, you know what? That's That's a shirt we should make. It's just puns never sleep. Puns never sleep. <laughs> There's a part of the country we haven't been to yet. Really, really. What 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 part of the the planet haven't we visited in our exhaustive study? Yeah, it's it's a part that's uh, really shrouded mm-hmm. uh, in in mystery and darkness. And oh, nice. Probably probably can't just take a plane there. No, you you have to hike and and go through a lot of uh, behind the scenes uh-huh. crap to to make sure yeah. it works. Oh yeah, yeah. And, Sometimes it fails on you for a whole month. But, yep. Uh, we're going to visit the haunting of Listerman. Yep. All those children are dead. <laughs> but that was their ghosts. So we can still hear them. We oh, are- God, I can still hear them. Oh, God. Make them stop. <laughs> uh, we're going we're gonna to rock it through a bunch oh. of uh, really cool listener mail this week. You're drinking from the fire hose right now. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Uh, let's start out with a, an email from my mother. 
Hey, mom. Uh, my mom says, okay, Hello, I'm not. Mrs. Flora. You look, <laughs> you look lovely today. She says, I'm going to suggest to everyone who listens that you never let anyone in to use the phone. She's talking about the black-eyed kids. Uh-huh. Instead, you ask them to give you the number they need to call, and you'll call it for them. Pretty, pretty sage piece of advice. Yeah, that is good advice. And they can wait outside. Also, on the subject of gremlins... Not not connected to Black Eyed Kids, but nope. anyway. She's talking about the family that was terrorized by the gremlins in Hopkinsville. Oh, right. Uh, Kentucky. Yep. Uh, she says, I imagine the neighboring family having two or three bad young'uns who find it fun to aggravate the neighbors by fixing up marionette-type dolls, probably made with tin cans and stuffing, and driving the family crazy by dancing them all over the place. I'm assuming they climb up in the trees and just have these puppets dancing around those kids are drawing live fire and the the kids were probably laughing their butts off especially in rural kentucky in the 50s when kids had to come up with their own entertainment and it was called old people (laughs) (laughs) uh she also says happy birthday week to dave s that's me thank you as much fun as you are she says oh and it and it truly was it was magnificent i like the idea of because when they shot them they made that tinny kind of ringing sound and flipped over backwards disappeared and they were up on the roof and they were That'd be funny if, if it was just a couple of kids ucking with everybody's shit. With, with, a, with just a plate puppets. of steel and just hiding behind it. <laughs> uh, cool. Thanks for, uh, thanks for writing in, man. Yeah. What else uh, we got? Oh, we got a pun from uh, Fancy Feast Grey Cat the Third. Oh. Uh, it's a brothel for ghosts called the Dirty Haint. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's funny because it's sexy. Uh, Grey Cat also hits us with uh, a pun from the episode on reptilians. He says a person who doesn't believe in our reptile overlords is called a skeptilian. <laughs> or maybe that they have a reptile dysfunction. Yeah. <laughs> it calls in the question their ability to please a lady, too. <laughs> it's, a, it's a win-win. And, uh, and he says since David Icke was a soccer announcer, he actually says in speeches that the reptiles are after monoatomic <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, Fancy yeah. Feast, thanks for sending those in. Yeah. Now now that we can uh, obviously get them again, uh, keep it up. What else we got? Okay, we've got uh, we got a pun from Lisa. Hey, Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Uh, she writes, love the podcast. Puns are awesome. Thank you for supporting the puns. Thank you. I think that there's going to come a day when this podcast is gripped by civil war amongst our listeners. <laughs> Some people don't like them. That's fine. It's yep. entire, that's, we put them at the end. You can yeah. skip ahead. But don't. But don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lisa's, br- Lisa's bringing some uh, some pun fun to us. Uh, after encountering black-eyed kids, uh, one might also have a problem with backside skids. Oh! Seriously, I would do that. I would have poop a- your pants. Yes, I would. Yes, I would. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. Thanks, Lisa. Keep them coming. We got some uh, stuff from our friend Taper. Oh, do we ever? We got a, a cornucopia of uh, factoids. Yeah, he's he's running a clinic on on how to how to teach us what the hell we're doing. After the Gremlin episode, he he hits us with a few points of interest. One of which being kobolds. Uh, he says originally referred to Germanic Earth or mind spirits, uh, very similar to the Cornish mind spirits, the Tommyknockers. Interesting. Yeah. And he says Cornwall is the origin of uh, the old Brunies. Brunies. That's that's interesting. Also hits us with uh, what other possible species or races of fae or spirits could become gremlins. 
and, and this is an interesting uh, way way to think about it. He says one possibility is that the Germanic or Nordic dwarves, or maybe the dark elves, really, Svartalfheimer. That the dark elves leave? Yeah. Could be this, as depicted in the myths of the Aesir and their popularizations with the Nibelungen lead. Uh, whoa. <laughs> whoa. I kind of went Dude, on autopilot yeah, a bit. No. Let's just pump the brakes and back that up. <laughs> you just rattled that off like it was jelly sandwich. Nibelungen lead. <laughs> I was staring at that word for like half an hour and gave up. Well, well done, Flora. Well done. Now he, I like how he kind of brings it around, though. I mean, he's got, he goes into this kind of cool thing about in in Fey folk, an affinity with technology is a pretty rare thing. Most of them shun it because of the iron. And- yeah, but there are some that flip the script. Uh, red caps like to work iron, things like that. Uh, their caps are red because they're continuously dunked in the blood of humans. Hmm. Yeah, they don't care. But then he kind of brings it out into what he, he's got kind of like a, a theory, a unified Fey field theory. Oh, wow. That perhaps it, we're always seeing the same thing and we're just changing our description of it. Whereas it used to be brunies and redcaps or fairies and grumpkins or, you know, and that just changes cultural to culture. And, and right now it's it's chupacabras and, and greys and, and it's all the same thing. There's something... The, the way that we say, you know, the jinn and the shadow people have agendas or something. Mm-hmm. It's all the same thing. It's always been the same thing. We just change culturally, our, culturally how we time. want to describe it. So that's a, an interesting sort of uh, yeah. evolution of uh, these descriptions uh, to go along with the uh, evolution of the species. Mm-hmm. If you subscribe to that uh, train of thought. If, uh, yeah, science matters to you. <laughs> yeah, I did just say that. Well, you know, people can believe whatever they want. He also dug a little deeper for the uh, derivation of the name of Gremlin. Said, oh, yeah. Said that uh, back in World War One, an airfield near Dover had a rash of accidents, and the commander seemed to think it was all uh, drinking by the flyboys and mechanics, and attempted to report that, referencing a popular local brewery and brand of ale, saying, no explanation yet for the sudden rise in crashes, although I personally blame the Fremlins which is apparently the uh, Fremlin's Brewery, only somehow the message ended up mistyped and Gremlins were blamed for the first time. And they That's- were like, oh, great, great. Now you're just going to blame us? <laughs> now we're going to have to trash everything. Way to, way to go. Way to, way to meticulously look into history there. Oh, I'm Taper. sorry. Do you think Taper's done? Do we? No, you don't. I'm what? telling you not to think that way because I couldn't live with you being wrong. I'm glad you're there to pick up my pieces. Uh, Taper had a great uh, show suggestion for um, like the legends of lands of plenty. Um, you know, Eden, Lubberland, oh, yeah. Venusburg, all these things. And the he- Lungen lead. <laughs> and, and what's their sports team? Uh, the Schaffen Daffen Dickens. Nice. <laughs> great jerseys for that team. Uh, but he mentioned something that we actually uh, closed an episode out with a big rock candy mountain. Oh, yeah. And you paddle all around it in a big canoe and a big rock candy mountain. You have to wear your socks. That's right. <laughs> what is it? Yeah, there was something about socks and the, the, the Hensloy soft-boiled. Lit- now we're literally reproducing a part of our own <laughs> podcast right now. We're going to have the... Because we're like stupid old men. It, and, was, always, it was just, you yeah. always wear your socks. And that was it. Yeah. Can you just always have those socks? Crazy. You know what? We've got a boomerang here from Grey Cat. What? Oh, you thought uh, you thought we'd caught that boomerang, but we'd actually just launched it. <laughs> now we're catching it. Uh, Great Cat's got one more pun for us. A Wiccan letter delivery service called Pentagrams. 
Love it. Thanks, Fancy Feast. Awesome. And uh, to round out the, the mailbag here, we've got a couple puns and a story from our listener, J.W., who was kind enough to create an iTunes account and go on and rate us. Oh, dude, I love the co-jones on this, dude, or lady. This, they, is, this is... J.W., you're one of my favorites. I've said it from the get-go. And you, you don't have a Facebook, and that's that's perfectly fine. Yeah. You created an iTunes account to, to yeah. rate this. I it's love great. it. It's like, it's like you infiltrated their fortress of data security just <laughs> to like implant the uh, blurry photos files. Yeah, yeah. I just wrote a, an action movie for you. You're so, welcome. He uh, he says uh, it sounded as if our research for the last podcast was rushed and only from one source. He says, "Could it have been Wikipedia?" Oh, oh. Uh, it's too too true to be funny, dude. Yeah, too that's true right. to be funny. Just, uh... Uh, but he does share this really cool story with us. He says, "Hearing your episode on Black Eyed Children, I wanted to write to you about an unresolved incident that happened a long time ago. Uh, there were enough similarities and enough puzzlement." I thought it was relevant to share. I was between two and three years old. It was after a holiday party at a family friend's countryside house. It was probably around nine in the evening, and my family was getting ready to leave the party. They took me outside, put me in the car, the front passenger seat, and went back inside to gather my brother and politely take home some leftovers. (laughs) I like that he mentions politely, because I think they were just shoving cocktail wieners into purses at that point. Using the kid as a cover. (laughs) (laughs) Give me some more of that macaroni casserole. Just put the jello in your pocket. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. We'll just rinse it off. Yeah. Uh, As I waited in the passenger seat, I looked out the window to my right into the darkness of the woods. After about 20 seconds, I realized that I was staring into a face directly outside the car window. It was only 10 inches away from my own. It was not my reflection. It was not a human face. It was intelligent. It was ugly, with big blank eyes and high ridges or even horns on the head. And then the most eerie sensation, I could feel that it could feel my fear, my panic, and it seemed to register great pleasure from it. The entire being was probably four feet tall. I screamed and banged my hand on the window. Then I immediately crawled between the two front seats and flopped into the back seats and looked out again. There it was now at the back window, looking in at me. Inside, I moved around the entire car. Outside, it followed. Again, this was not my reflection. Then the door of the house opened and I heard my family's voices. The thing turned and looked toward the house, then back at me, back to the house, then it turned and ran into the woods. My family found me in the car, shrieking. They still remember that night, though they did not catch a glimpse of the thing as it fled. Years later, that same family friend who hosted the party was at our house. My brother overheard the woman talking to my mother, telling her about how, at night, her dog would wind himself on his rope around and around his tether tree, barking and chasing something. She saw my brother listening with a worried look, and she said she knew what the dog was chasing, that they were like us and meant us no harm. I tell you this in all honesty, whatever I saw that night seemed to derive great pleasure from my fear, and its effect on me was so profound that for the next 15 years, whenever I was in a parked car alone at night, I only looked down at my shoes. I have no idea what it was. I have done plenty of backpacking trips with friends and solo, and have never felt that fear. Any thoughts? Yeesh. Yeah. Wow, thanks for sharing that, That's uh, JW. That's awesome story. And and now I don't get to sleep anymore or look out windows. 
the interesting things uh, that I hit on in this, the the ridges above the eyes, blank eyes and ridges, almost horns above it, four feet tall. Yeah. Runs back to the woods. Ah, uh, man. Little baby Klingon. <laughs> it, it, it brings to mind some sort of uh, a fey folk. Uh, four feet is usually pretty tall for, uh, I would think, of, of some kind of uh, fey folk, but something like a dryad or, or something of, of the trees. Uh, in my mind, when I picture it, when you know, when I'm yeah. reading this, I picture some almost creature made out of wood, almost like an int, not a tree, but like right. wood skin or or something like that. Yeah, like one of those like kind of like twisted troll like yeah things, like a grumpkin or something. I know I've said grumpkin before, but that just it's just it's as true now as it was back then. Interesting that that uh, the family friend said it didn't mean harm, and but then he could feel that it liked. The fear, yeah, huh? He's picking on kids. What a dick! That's that's real interesting, JW. I, yeah, um, we we'll have to kind of keep our ears to the ground for if we run into anything uh, in our our research that's like this. Yeah, I'd be interested to uh, what part of the country that that's in. If yeah, if, if you don't mind uh, telling, but but and if you think Jay's done with you, you're wrong because that was a that was an entree of awesome story. I mean, I got to be honest. I, I kind of wish we'd just save that for ghost stories. That's a good story. <laughs> it's a really good story, but he's got a palate yeah. cleanser. Yeah, for this us. is the this. Yeah, this was a fine entree. And what's what's for dessert? Pun. Uh, he wants to let us know that he's going to start a collegiate pinup calendar of freedom's ominous enemies, girlfriends, Bin Laden's coterie, Sodom's harem, Ted Nugent's mom, <laughs> etc. Because these pictures are often taken on the run, they aren't always up to the best quality. The calendar is called Blurry Faux Hoes. Oh! Yeah! Our enemies, ladies. <laughs> awesome. Uh, thanks, JW. And uh, again, thanks uh, Thanks for coming on the grid here and, and yeah. sharing this stuff with us. And don't worry, like we said, about needing to create a Facebook or anything like that. You've done your due diligence. So true. So true. <laughs> and we appreciate you uh, uh, listening. So, yeah, by all means, everyone keep sending us your emails. We, we're getting through them. Now that we've got a functioning email system, it's it's awesome, and it's also starting to be a thing we need to, like, really think through because you guys are really hitting us with some stuff, and we are loving it. Yeah. It's the best problem on Earth. Yeah, especially the show suggestions. We're, we're taking all of them and, and uh, writing them down. We've actually had to create, like, an Excel spreadsheet just to keep <laughs> track of it. So, thank you. And we're we're hitting them. Wicca was a, a listener suggestion. Yep. Uh, for sure. That's that's just the latest in a long line, but uh, we're we're getting to them. And uh, please go to blurryphotos.org and uh, use that contact sheet. Send us some more, whatever you'd like, yep. and, and share stories. We love the stories. Go to iTunes and subscribe on there. You can rate us. Yeah, write us a, a great review of the five star variety. Wink, wink. You can go to Facebook and like us. You can find us at Blurry Photos Podcast. Uh, also on YouTube, Blurry Photos Podcast. You can subscribe to us on there. Do it. You can stumble upon us because that's a thing. And follow us on Twitter, Blurry underscore photos. Yeah, we're into all of those things. Awesome. Dave, what's your favorite type of pancake? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, just, just a regular butter and, 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 and maple syrup. Mm. How, about, how about you, Floor? What do you like? I, I like a nice uh, chocolate chip flapjack, I think, mm. with uh, just plain syrup. So, so for this episode of Blurry Photos... <laughs> I have been Davy Town Flora. And I'm Dave. I ain't scared Stecco. <laughs> 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 <laughs>